This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we're your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. I forgot our lines there and I started almost drinking my coffee. I was getting ready to pause until you finished drinking your coffee, but then it'd be like an awkward, like, welcome to Saturday Morning Mysteries. Where you're (laughs) like such a long pause. Appreciate that. Anyway, so clearly we're excited today having fun already, kicking it oh, yeah. off with a new show, our third show, I think, of 2023. Whoa. And, whoa, yeah. yeah. Yeah, already time flies when you're having fun. True. And uh, we're very, very excited for this show. Grace, mm-hmm. I believe you have some stories to tell about it based on uh, last week's episode, oh, how yes, you how you took us off on there. But <laughs> um, should I just, should I say what we're doing? If people it. haven't already read the title. Just, All right, yeah. our next <laughs> Our next episode arc is the wild thornberries. Yes. And Are you gonna so, put some like like jungle jungly, sounds yeah, or like pops. drums in the back sort of, for this music? Yeah, and maybe some like like airy flutes and stuff like that. <laughs> a didgeridoo, you know? like a Nice. Just have didgeridoo music going through through the entire episode, like <laughs> just that deep humming. <laughs> what is that? No, I wouldn't be mad about it. Uh, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. See what I can do. It won't be the whole episode, <laughs> but yeah, we'll we'll see what I come up with. Slash, people who are listening and watching I've are like, it's heard. already in here. <laughs> what are they talking about? We just As heard it. Usual. Yeah. As per usual, we record in advance. I haven't even started the music yet, but y'all will probably like it by now. So you're um, welcome is what we're saying. Exactly. For the didgeridoo Mm -hmm. in your ear right now, or (laughs) perhaps not. I shouldn't uh, limit myself there. Don't promise. Yeah, no promises. Uh, Yeah. So we're super excited for this episode arc. This was a very big show in both of our childhoods. Um. Grace is up first, or I guess actually before I hand it over to you, I will say thank you to my cousin Joseph, who yes. uh, technically recommended this show to me slash to us to cover mm-hmm. on this podcast. I think he listens pretty often too, and he was in town a few weeks ago in my town, not Grace's town, obviously. <laughs> Where are you, Eugene? Although he does, not, he lives on your side of the country, but anyway, Same. he was in town with his daughter, and he was talking about how he watches the wild thornberries with her, and we went to the Museum of National History in D.C., <laughs> and we're looking at a lot of the animals and stuff, and he was like talking to her about, don't you remember seeing that in the wild thornberries and everything and how like poachers were bad and trying to get that animal and then I looked at him like wait a minute does that show have to do a lot with poachers because I couldn't like remember everything from it growing up and he's like yeah actually that's like a lot of what it is I was like, oh my God, Joe, should we cover that on Saturday Morning Mysteries? And he was like, (laughs) actually, yeah, that's a good idea. So here we are. Thank you, Joe. Uh, yes, and thank your daughter her talking yes. about that show a couple of weeks ago. Maybe me. don't let her listen to this, but yeah, no, 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 no. When she's older, when she's <laughs> much older. Uh, but yeah, to that end, Grace always starts us off on her episode arc. So I might hand it over to her. Thank you. Thank you. Thank get you. Us started. Yes. Yes. So like we said, we're covering the wild thornberries. Mm-hmm. This is an iconic Nickelodeon show that ran from 1998 to 2004. 
And the show follows a family, the Thornberries, as they travel the globe filming a nature show that parents make. Um, and in it, we see them survive natural disasters, animal encounters, and the most dangerous thing of all, other humans. <laughs> dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, Probably put the creepy uh, organ music there. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Didgeridoo underneath it still. <laughs> Um, fuel (laughs) Uh, but like you just mentioned before i fully get into the show but yes this was an important show for both of us as in our childhood um so alexis what like what memories do you have of this show what experiences did you have with this show tell us well i think other than honestly just watching it after school and stuff and just enjoying it because of all of the animals and thinking that Eliza, who I'm sure you'll talk about it later, but mm-hmm. she just had the coolest powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and also loving the RV that they live in for yes. real. Like, you know, you have you have the listing of, oh, I want that bedroom or that house from these shows. Like, yeah. hey, Arnold is high up the on bedroom. the list and everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, I want a camper, like RV like that to travel the yes. whole world, which you can relate to. Um, <laughs> yes. so, um, but I think really the most memorable, memorable thing for me is when they did a crossover movie with the Rugrats, yep. um, which was awesome. And yeah, maybe we'll talk about that later or I don't know, but Maybe for yes. some like bonus thing one day, Will. Sure, yeah, because I guess yeah. that would that would be the one way for us to talk about the records on this show, yeah, probably. Exactly. <laughs> the fact that it was crossed over with the wild thornberries. Yeah. So yeah, I just I really like that, and you know, story about a a close family, pretty much mm. that uh, definitely had its flaws, but always came back together and supported each other in the end. It's great, great for children, aside from the scary poachers and yes murderous animals sometimes or not yes. murderous but angry and but like, dangerous attacking. yeah dangerous and like is a i word. will say this is like they show some shit in this show like yeah it doesn't hold sure. back so yes minus yeah. that whole thing <laughs> but yeah um, whatever it's for kids though yes exactly um so for me growing up this was the perfect show and like rewatch. i haven't watched it since i was a kid like mm-hmm. i definitely it's always you know like been somewhere in the back of my mind like what I think I mentioned last week was that I absolutely I'm pretty sure at least dressed up for like Debbie for Halloween once okay it's like the easiest like blonde white girl costume because it's just like here are jeans and a flannel and I can be grumpy like great yeah. I can be Debbie I can do this <laughs> type of thing like cool I look just like her um and I'm grumpy all the time um yeah Anyways, so this Wait, show. Wait, can I just say real quick before you keep going? Yes. Because ever since last last week's episode, when you said, "I'm going to tell you next week who I dressed up as in a costume," I've been trying to guess, and like, yeah, in my head, I was like, "It's probably Debbie," because like Grace already like has the like easy. the thick, or at least when she was younger, like the thick blonde yep. hair, whatever, long, whatever. But in my heart of hearts, I so badly Darwin. wanted it to be no Donnie. <laughs> You know what? I don't know Justin why. could dress up as Donnie. His hair is crazy. <laughs> yeah. And he cannot wear a shirt. That would be more appropriate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. We got a costume yeah, for this go. year. Wild, wild Thornberry's costume. There you Let go. Let me tell you. You know what? Our wedding in October, scratching the theme, making it a Halloween party. Justin <laughs> <laughs> will dress up as Donnie. Just uh, kidding, Justin. Guess- we're not doing that. 
I'll be Darwin. Oh, wait, we're not doing that. Never mind. Just kidding. <laughs> Still coming like a blue and white. Could see you showing up as Nigel, just like getting a fake type. All right, we'll get into the characters here in a second. Yes. Yeah. But basically, this was the perfect show to me. Watching it like now as an adult felt like suddenly like a circuit was complete in my brain of like how much this show made me who I am today. Like I love to travel. I love animals and I am constantly talking to them as if they can understand me. When mm-hmm. I am up with anxiety, I watch Blue Planet 2 to fall back asleep, aka nature show with a British host, just like this show has. Mm-hmm. Um, like it all adds up. I wanted to be Eliza Thornberry. Like again, watching the show, I was just like, again, I wanted the camper. Literally yeah. picking up our camper today. Today. Like, <laughs> you wanted a camper? All, you got one. <laughs> it all suddenly like clicked into place yeah. and I was like oh my god this show was me <laughs> anyways so let's talk about our name, main cast which we've yes. mentioned a handful of these names again it is the Thornberry family um so we're going to start with the patriarch of the family Sir Nigel Archibald Thornberry because apparently he was actually knighted so mm. there mm-hmm. we go he Good is a British man who hosts the nature show that the family makes. Um, So I assume he's like a wildlife biologist or something. Uh, He wears a Steve Irwin adventure outfit, the classic look. He's got a really long face and prominent chin and nose with like spiky red hair and a really big red spiky mustache. He is super cheery. He's overly enthusiastic constantly. Like nothing can get this man down. And Nigel? Dear Nigel, is voiced by Tim fucking Curry. <laughs> the like, legend. The man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. Tim Curry voices Nigel. Um, it's I have nothing more to say about it except that Probably it is. Probably also another reason why we love this show growing up. Because yes. I think we both love Tim Curry as little we kids, too. Love. And as yeah. an adult, I just love Tim. It's Muppet Treasure more. Island. Mm-hmm. Clue. Clue. That was one of the first introductions I had to Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's just yeah, everything. Yeah. It's, he is just perfect and is perfect as Nigel in this show. Mm-hmm. So then we have the matriarch of the family. Um, Marianne Thornberry, and she is the mama of the family, who's also the cine- cinematographer and, frankly, the brains behind the wildlife show. Yeah. Uh, she makes it all happen and keeps this family together. Uh, she rocks some high waisted jeans, a like adventure vest crop top, the late 90s, like small round glasses, and a red bandana over short blonde hair. Um, and I didn't realize this until I was like making sure everything I was saying was correct ish um, on Wikipedia, but there's some episode in which we meet her parents and her mom. Yeah. Is voiced by Betty White. Rest in peace. Yeah. R.I.P. Because this show fucking the voice cast is beautiful. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like, the guest, like not only just like the cast itself, which we'll get to a couple more here, but like mm-hmm. the guest voices, like there's a guest voice in this episode that when I was writing it, I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. It sounds like blah, 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 blah. And then when I was like getting some like pictures for like the YouTube, 
it like listed who it was and I and shrieked. Like, oh my god it's blah 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 yeah so I can't <laughs> I wait to hear who it is <laughs> get ready so okay. um yes and Marianne I always feel like I say her name wrong because Nigel's the only one who actually says her name and he says it in his Tim Curry says it so yeah. it sounds like butchered when me a peasantly American says it <laughs> so I'm probably just gonna call them mom and dad um as to not offend Tim Curry so <laughs> we're sorry sir i'm so sorry sir so then we have the eldest daughter debbie thornberry um she is like the archetype for an angsty teenager who is too cool for school but deep 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 down loves her family mm-hmm. uh, she's 16 she's got very volum- voluminous uh blonde super curly hair that like swoops over her face because she's angsty uh, again, she's got 90s grunge. She wears big, like baggy jeans, a flannel, a crop top eyeliner, and like dark purple lipstick. Um, she is very over traveling the world in remote places. She just wants to be a normal teenager. Um, which on one side, I'm like, girl, ungrateful. On the other side, I'm like, I get it. You're a 16 year old girl. Yeah. Um, it also for me set up like the eye rolls that she would always have and like her like almost like um uh Aubrey Plaza-esque voice of like yeah. monotone and just fucking over it. I was over like, this it. is what teenagers are like. Teen. Yeah, mm-hmm. like this is what we all turn into. Yes. Um, so we're gonna skip right now the family's other daughter because she's our main character and there's more mm-hmm. to say about her. So we're going to consider the other, this next one, their youngest child, more or less, Donnie Thornberry. Yeah. And so for most of the show, Donnie, who's like four or five, is um, we all we know about him for most of the show until like the movie that happens later is that he's a feral boy who the <laughs> Thornberrys just adopted in their adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, and we eventually learn in the film that, I mean, this isn't giving anything away, uh, that his parents were killed by poachers. Um, and in like Bornea and like his parents were friends with the Thornberries. And when his parents were killed by poachers in the wild, he was taken in by a family of orangutans and the orangutans raised him until the Thornberries found him and adopted him. So due to this, he acts like a little monkey. Uh, he's, he just like yells and gibberish and he like runs around. He's got like wild hair going everywhere, shirtless, shoeless. He wears like cheetah print shorts. He loves his family. And he is voiced. <laughs> this is like one of the funniest. This is one of the fun. This how, okay, just to build up how Jodie Foster was like the big voice, <laughs> like trivia fact from Amazing Chan. This to me is the big like trivia fact from Wild Thornberry. Well, Sorry. And Go before on. I say no, this is good to build up because also like when I say he speaks in gibberish, it's literally just like <laughs> it's like how Donnie speaks. <laughs> And it's voiced by Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) So they hired Flea somehow to be like, hey, want to just come make noises? Yell gibberish? (laughs) Yeah, and he was like, done. So iconic. Every episode I watch, I just like, whenever Donnie talks, I just sit and I imagine Flea just in the studio like. (laughs) Freaking out. Yeah. And I also wonder if he like recorded just like hours worth of Donnie yeah that they then just put in the episode or if he actually like came in for every episode I like to think that he took it that seriously that he's like no give me the plot what is Donnie (laughs) feeling in this moment yes 
et cetera, et cetera. I need um, to know how to translate these emotions into <laughs> nonsense. Into nonsense noises. Um, yeah. You know, I'm going to, in the next couple of weeks, do some uh, YouTubing. I bet there's some footage somewhere of Flea mm. doing the Donnie voice. Yeah. So I'm going to try and find it for us. <laughs> um, so then we have Darwin, who is a pet chimpanzee. So he rocks a blue and white striped tank top and blue shorts. Um, and we, thanks to something I'll talk about in a moment, can hear his voice, um, which is a very classy, upper class British accent. Um, and he, like Debbie, can sometimes be over the whole living in a remote place and like wishes he lived in like a civilization because he is surrounded by other animals and he's better than that according to him basically um but he is uh best friends with our main protagonist slash my childhood hero slash the reason we can hear his voice is because of eliza thornberry so eliza is a 12 year old girl with red hair that she wears in these like cute little braided pigtails which I also often wear. So again, this show made me who I am. Uh, she's got freckles, a super round face, round glasses, and big old braces. Uh, she wears a yellow dress with like a little red turtleneck underneath and hiking boots. And she is overjoyed about traveling the world, being deep into nature and the backcountry. Um, she's extremely adventurous. She loves to explore. She's super impulsive to get what she wants, even to the detriment of herself and others sometimes. And what is most special about Eliza? Is it that she's voiced by Lacey, how do you say her last name? Shabbert? 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 Shabbert. AKA Gretchen from Mean Girls. Yeah. (laughs) Which Bird told me about before. I started, I started rewatching and like, you can't unhear it now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's Gretchen. Watching it, like, yeah. I was Gretchen, like, what are you Gretchen. doing here in Gretchen. Brazil? Her hair's so big. Yeah. Her braids are so big. They're full of secrets. <laughs> um, so yes, that's pretty cool. But actually the most special thing about Eliza is that she was given the power, the gift to communicate with animals by an African shaman. Thus, why we can hear Darwin's voice and all other animals is because mm-hmm. we're hearing them through Eliza's point of view because she can communicate with them. So to everyone else, it kind of just sounds like she's like making animal noises like kids do or adults like myself. Yeah. But in reality, they're having a full on in English combo with each other. Mm-hmm. But this gift must be kept secret from other humans or else she will lose these powers. So not even her family knows about it um again things change in the movie but for our sake no one no one no one knows about it yeah um thus eliza is always very excited to meet and talk to animals of all kinds and to try and get them get to know them better get to know them better than the experts like her parents do um even when it puts again her and others in dangerous situations which I only mention again because the Wikipedia like fandom page adds at the end, she never seems to learn her lesson <laughs> <laughs> about her reckless behavior in the pursuit. Facts. Of it always animals. starts right back up fresh the next episode. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and so they travel around in, like we mentioned, a giant dream RV that they call the Com V. 
it's like this all elements, all conditions, huge RV that has like tiger stripes on the side and can do everything. And this is what, yes, like you mentioned, they travel the world in it, et cetera, et cetera. So I must say before we fully launch in that this family who knows so much about nature is constantly loosey goosey with their safety out there in the backcountry. Yes possibly surrounded by predators and poachers and criminals like kind of the recurring theme and so with that in mind i do want to note that while there will be some crime in this arc by the humans these episodes are like maybe going to be more akin to like survivor stories and like adventure stories Mm -hmm. which like one a bunch of true crime shows that i listen to do survivor stories and two we have no rules on this show yeah and we can do whatever we want so survival is a mystery yeah. as far as i'm concerned true. and it's saturday morning so <laughs> there we go what you <laughs> gonna do about it briefly change it to saturday morning survival <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's i think it's very on brand for the the theme of this podcast it works and if if you don't like it then please don't stop listening but oh well (laughs) if you don't like it please give us a five-star review still and tell a friend and you know yeah like subscribe give us a like while you're here share yeah and share drop a comment we are anchor yeah just kidding don't be mad anyways (laughs) we think you're gonna love this arc with us so we start off today's episode, this first episode of Wild Thornberries, in Tanzania, Africa, at Mount Kilimanjaro. So the Thornberries are there specifically to make an episode of the nature show about lions. So mom and dad, Nigel and Marianne, are stoked, but also rushing to get some footage for the show because they're they've been out there for three days and there's this huge storm rolling in as well as nighttime approaching. Um, And they haven't seen any lions yet. So they're like trying to get some good footage to make it worth being out here. Debbie is bored as fuck. Donnie is just running around being wild. Darwin is like pretty nervous because he's a chimpanzee in lion country. So he's like, I hate this place. (laughs) Y'all are making a video. Y'all are on vacay. I'm running for my life, possibly. (laughs) Um, And then Eliza is stoked because she so badly wants to meet a lion. So Nigel and Marianne are trying to film on top of the calm V, but as Nigel waxes poetic about lions, saying things like, lions, Leo, the royal family of the savannah, (laughs) the golden shadows of the night. Marianne cuts him off, stops him. She's like, something is missing from the shot right now. We're not quite getting it. Funny enough, Debbie is like, yeah, the lions. Which like, Debbie. True though. Um, (laughs) But no, Marianne thinks what they need is a tracking shot because they don't have any lions. So they got to give make it a little more interesting mm-hmm. so tracking shot like some movement happening yeah. basically um and so the issue here is that it's a two-person team how are they gonna do the tracking shot moving the calm because that's how they're gonna do it while filming right. while nigel speaks so debbie immediately jumps up to volunteer herself for the task yes to drive the calm v um so the parents can get the shot on the roof um, very on brand. She says it's her divine right as a 16 year old to be behind the wheel. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> Girl, what God do you follow? Yeah, I was like, I don't remember reading that in the Bible, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that in the Constitution? I don't know. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> so um, it doesn't really seem like they've actually taught her how to drive um, exactly yet. It's her divine um, right. She'll know but, when she tries it. Exactly. But as it's her divine right, her parents <laughs> agree. Also, she's a little bit of a bully to her mom sometimes. Mm-hmm. And the sky keeps getting darker and lightning starts. So Marianne is like, shit, we got to get this shot. All right. She literally just has to drive straight slowly. She can't fuck it up that bad. Gives her the brief 101 and hops onto the roof to start filming. Debbie slips behind the wheel and is like, I get this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Also, like an uncaring 16-year-old, she just, like, spits out her gum before she starts driving um, and then hits the road. She starts driving. Her parents are on the roof filming. Again, lightning is starting to pick up. It starts to rain. Um, Eliza is outside of the Comvi with Darwin and Donnie and is just like, all right, bye, have fun. Where the lions at? Like, see y'all. Let me take this monkey and small boy to go meet some lions. Eliza's like, these are easier prey than me. Let's go find the lions. You need to be able to outrun them. Yeah, this is some bait action. Yeah. But right before her very eyes, as she's waving goodbye to the combi, as it drives away, the combi starts to get faster and then faster and then faster and starts swerving as her parents start screaming on top and Debbie starts screaming inside because when she spit her gum out rudely, it fell underneath the floor. And this is some like Gorilla Glue gum because it got stuck to the gas pedal and has literally pinned it full pedal to the metal and it's unable to stop. So Eliza, Donnie and Darwin obviously also start screaming um, yeah. <laughs> and start sprinting after their parents um, who are currently holding on for dear life on top of the Com V as it's like swerving and everyone is screaming as the Com V launches off of kind of like a small cliff, not like a huge thing, but basically into a riverbed. Um, mm. That is because it's raining all mud. Gotcha. Yeah. And Marianne, though she jumps down and literally pushes Debbie out of the seat um, and tries to fix this problem. I know, truly straight, drive straight, don't kill us. And now here we are. Here we are, Um, about to die. About to die, yes, because not only is it indeed stuck in the mud, just spinning its wheels, thus like digging them deeper into the mud, but with the increasing rain, the mud is getting deeper. Mm. And then... Someone, I can't remember who, screams that everyone needs to get on the roof because, again, with the onslaught of rain, this is a very muddy, clearly, area, not very stable. A roaring river flood starts rushing towards the convi that is stuck in this riverbed. So Debbie is able to get onto the roof, and moments before the water straight up slams into the convi, Marianne hits a very Chan Van-like button labeled (laughs) Flood, which inflates like these huge lifeboat like floaties on the bottom of the Com V, so it starts to float. This is another cool aspect of the Com V because it just has like a natural disaster like kit on it, like avalanche and like that type of stuff. So 
it's pretty decked out. So now we've got mom, dad, Debbie on the roof, roaring down this river on the Com B. Eliza, Darwin, and Donnie sprinting along the riverbank, screaming, trying to find a way to get their family off the Com V that is rushing down this quickly rising, flooding river. Um, Marianne is able to grab a survival kit from the vehicle. Um, and Nigel has her and Debbie hold on to him as he like jumps to grab like a branch hanging over the river and like starts to shuffle them towards the riverbank. But because this show is way too intense for children, it fucking breaks. Oh. And they just oh. land into this roaring river. Like they plunge into it. We see Eliza just screaming. And I was like, this is five minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> of the first episode. <laughs> first episode. <laughs> what in my like horrible childhood mind was I like, yes. I want more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Give me I'm more. in did these three people just die sign me up <laughs> so um luckily they were close enough to shore that they were able to fight and get onto the shore before being swept away like their calm v now is rocking yeah. off into the sunset leaving them in the rain oh god yeah not great no. also still in basically nighttime in the middle of of yeah so not great this party awesome yes going so, well so far going <laughs> swimmingly so <laughs> ah literally i didn't even think about that i was thinking thornberry's like shudder at that pun that <laughs> <Not> again he <laughs> oh, was from the water um but no this hardcore family who are used to the wild uh all hop into action or at least most of them do because Debbie is mainly just complaining that they shouldn't make camp here for the night, but go follow the river to like get the calm V back. Cause I don't want to be stuck in the rain. So my hair, my hair is going to get so frizzy. <laughs> so her and her mom get into a fight over this. Um, and Marianne basically is like, sit down, shut up. We're staying here for the night it is dangerous to go fucking Hike in the middle of line country at nighttime, mm-hmm. you dumb child. So <laughs> Marianne opens the survivor kit, gets to work, like making sure they have everything they need to survive the evening. Nigel is picking up like reeds and branches from the surrounding area and is starting to like build something. And no one really knows what he is building. And he just yells back, like, it's a cabalito. And everyone's like, Okay, great, thanks. (laughs) What? You keep doing what you're doing. Um, Because he seems confident and enthusiastic about this. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he's basically like, it's uh, what we see him building. It's kind of like on like stilts and he like is making like a thatched roof looking thing. Okay. Um, And so Eliza and Darwin help him get supplies for whatever he's making. Donnie is just like also running around helping get supplies. But as Eliza and Darwin are getting things, Eliza tells Darwin that she's read all about how female lions do most of the hunting and it works like one female lion, a lioness, will attack and the prey will run. And then another lioness will jump out and cut it off by surprise and kill it with one bite. Mm. And Darwin, who like we mentioned, is prey, is literally just like, Girl, what the fuck is wrong with you? Change the subject. <laughs> like, 
we're alone at night with no shelter in lion territory. Like, what is wrong with you? Why are you telling me this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> can we wait till morning? Maybe. Yeah. Like, what is your plan? They hunt at night. It is night. What are you doing? So he's not stoked about this conversation. Yes. Um, but they eventually tuck themselves into like they're kind of like little like you know space like the little emergency like safety blankets for the night just you know out in the open like a bunch of idiots mm-hmm. um no shelter no they're just laying out by the riverbed um yeah. and as they fall asleep eliza hears some distant growling and is basically like fuck yeah this is gonna <laughs> happen the lions are showing up yep she's down ready we like are literally excited about this in foil chipotle burritos right now because that's what <laughs> those like space blankets are come yes. and get us so we're gonna pause our story right now so mm-hmm. i can tell you just how insanely stupid sleeping in the open like this is mm-hmm. not just because this is like some savannah that the show says has lions which indeed hunt at night and it's nighttime. But because I'm obviously going to bring this episode into the real world, because I like to do that. And also they kind of do that in the show. Mm-hmm. Where did you know, Bird, that lions kill on average at least, or how many people do you think lions kill a year? Worldwide? Or I guess uh-huh. like Africa wide? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh hundreds couple no maybe that's too high yeah oh okay uh <laughs> 50 to 75 at least recorded 100 a year oh wow and it says at least recorded because it's assumed that like not yeah. every death is recorded on like some official like census or something like that um and this for comparison is like sharks kill at most six people a year and that's probably high estimates which like people are terrified of versus lions be out there killing at least 100 people a year Mm -hmm. and lions can run so that's even scarier which is exactly like more people probably yes like sharks just get out of the water lions bye bye (laughs) yeah Yeah. you're done that's it very hard outrun wow so i'm also briefly going to talk about why this area in particular is so dumb for them around lion attacks. Mm-hmm. So Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount the Kilimanjaro National Park is in like the northeast corner of Tanzania in Africa. And if you just hop across the border, uh, which the national park abuts, you'll find yourself in the Savo National Park of Kenya. Mm-hmm. And a couple questions. Have you ever heard of the Savo region? I have not, no. Okay. Well, one, Savo means, like, literally the definition of, or the translation of that word is place of slaughter. Okay. That's Next a smooth question. translation. <laughs> <laughs> That's makes, it sound, makes it sound so appealing. I feel bad for whoever realized what that translation meant. Yeah. They were, like, already there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, shit, I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> um, so... I assume that because you haven't heard of Savo, you've maybe never heard of the lions of Savo Mm -hmm. or more specifically what's known as the man eaters of Savo. 
So I highly, um, yes, yes, Alexis. No, it's just funny. Like they're not just lions. Yep, they are they're man the man eaters of Sabo. <laughs> yeah. So I highly recommend listening to Tooth and Claws, which is another podcast, two part series covering all of the details about the Lions of Savo, which is mm. really in-depth, fucking crazy tale. There's also a movie called Ghosts in the Darkness that's like loosely mm. based off of it. And there is an actual like autobiography from someone who was there when this happened. Okay. So in the Wayback Machine, it is 1898 and the Brits were building a railroad through parts of Africa colonizing their way across the continent Mm -hmm. and in the Savo region uh, where part of the railroad was being built in a matter of nine months just two male lions killed it's estimated and eaten and ate 135 people holy shit (laughs) in nine months whoa The book, written by Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson, who was in charge of operations and then, yeah, wrote like the autobiography about this, tells this very fucked up harrowing journey of these two likely young, likely injured male lions who would straight up, this this was like camps of like thousands of people. And these two male lions over nine months would silently enter camps in the dark of night, literally rip people from the tents to eat them, sometimes like dragging them away, sometimes just eating them right outside of the tent. Holy crap. For, <laughs> like, every, for all of their friends and whatnot right. to see. Can you imagine just like the person next to you? Like they like have yeah. like these like real life accounts of like, yeah, the dude next to me started screaming because there I looked up and there was a lion taking his foot into its mouth and dragging it out the tent. And I just had to be happy it wasn't fucking me that night. So Mm. even when people armed themselves or built walls of um, basically they would build these things called bombas, I think, which is like, I think made of like, I don't know how to say it, like acacia thorns, which is basically like. Uh, really thorn like bushes that are just straight up fucking thorns. Um, And it's like bombas are like a traditional uh, I think more of kind of like a hut, but basically um, it's used to like keep lions out because you just build a wall of thorns. Um, But these two male lions didn't give a fuck about those. And there are tales in which the lions would like find an opening, like no more than like a few feet around, like within like this like thorn wall. And not only would like squeeze themselves through, but would still squeeze themselves through, grab a human and then drag it out which like oh, not only are taking you taking the human through the thorn bush. <laughs> not only oh is a lion about to eat you, but now you're being like dragged across thousands of thorns and like squeezed through. You reap what you sow. <laughs> <laughs> so like they never thought those thorn bushes would come back to hurt them. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> the lion said, "You want to keep us out? Try me." Um, Jeez. So scientists today think that the number of humans actually killed by these two man-eating lions, which is, they are in a museum actually. And this like, they basically did DNA testing on them because you can tell if like someone has been eating humans and like tested all their guts and shit. 
that they maybe actually ate between like 10 and 35 people, which one still a lot. (laughs) My next line is, which is still too many people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Still nine to 34 too many people. (laughs) (laughs) Roughly, yes. Yeah. And I think even though like I'm like, yes, both of these ends, like the 135 might be exaggerated. The 10 to 35 may be okay. But I think it's probably, in my incredibly unprofessional opinion, probably somewhere between the two because the most of the people who were getting eaten were the workers. It wasn't like the high up British oh, like sure. army officers. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was poor the workers. Exactly. Yeah. Who like probably it wasn't probably counted properly. Um, wow. Sure, though, this story happened in 1898. Um mm-hmm. But today, or at least in 2010, according to the Smithsonian MAG article that I read, um, lion tax and Savo are still not unusual at all. Like mm. the like article that I read the Smithsonian, <laughs> like some like biologist was taking the like reporter around and like like a local they were talking to were like, oh yeah, blah blah blah, just got eaten by a lion the other day, and like the biologist was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's like the most common form of death there. Yeah, yeah, all right, plan the funeral. There's no body to bury, at least, but hey, you still have a memorial, I guess. (laughs) Keep on, keep it on. So, yes. um, Very fucking terrifying. And uh, cut to the thornberries just (laughs) out in their burrito sacks. Eat me! (laughs) Like a diner like, sign pops up over I'll them. A neon sign. Yeah. Snacks. Twenty four seven. Always yeah. open. Always warm. Always warm. Always fresh. <laughs> always fresh. Fresh meat. <laughs> never frozen. <laughs> always fresh. Never frozen. Just yeah. how we like it. Um. So yes. Um. Not only do we hop back to the thornberries, but we hop back to Debbie getting out of bed fucking over this camping situation and deciding that she is going to hike down the river herself to find the calm V and bring it back mm-hmm. to her family by herself at night in a place where literally a hundred years before two man-eating lions existed and where currently man-eating lions still exist. Yes. <laughs> so <sighs> she goes off until the night to do that. And moments later, Eliza hops right out of bed too. Oh my god. Hearing gosh. more lion growls. Again, she is like, let's fucking do it, which is a classic <laughs> death note by Eliza. Mm-hmm. Um, Donnie does wake up and try and like stop her, but she just shoes him away and heads out there solo. Um, and I will say, Donnie like kind of watches her like go off for a while. Here's the lions and then goes to wake up Darwin, who he tries to communicate with that like Eliza's going off into the savannah. This is a bad news bears situation, mm-hmm. bad news lions situation, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> so, I will. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, in response to the deep growls as Eliza goes off deeper and deeper by herself like an idiot, Eliza like growls and roars back, trying to like narrow in where uh, the the lions are. But of course, she is a, a small child, and they are um, the kings of the jungle. So mm. she all of a sudden, unexpectedly, finds herself 
face-to-face with a huge, enormous male lion who jumps out and surprises her and is baring his teeth. Mm-hmm. So Eliza, who's pretty well-read, but is either clearly too cocky or did not read the book about the man-eating lions of Savo, just kind of like bows and says, it is such a great honor to meet a magnificent lion as yourself, sir. And the lion, because it's a lion, lion. (laughs) continues to creep closer to her and starts to like growl even more. She finally does realize when it's like inches from her face, like I Hmm. didn't plan this out very well. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that he wouldn't eat me if I bowed to him. (laughs) Yeah. What you do, your food and I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So she starts to panic and is like, what do you do in this situation? You brown nose. So she starts giving him compliments about how handsome and wise and regal he is. And finally, between growls, because again, he can understand Eliza, he responds in almost like a Mufasa Scar-esque voice that she keeps missing his most important quality, which is that he's hungry and he roars (laughs) and immediately starts chasing her down because duh eliza he's hungry he's hungry so smartly well actually let me note real quick here that it's um presumed that one of the reasons lions do kill do kill so many people per year is because of human encroachment that like we basically are like lessening their territories because we keep expanding into their territories Mm -hmm. and thus lions are getting sometimes more desperate like they have less room to hunt um and so they sometimes have to just get whatever prey comes their way Mm -hmm. and so basically it's our own damn fault not to victim blame humans but it's our own damn fault (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean there's an easy way to not get eaten by a lion (laughs) yeah like don't by build not, your house by not going near a lion <laughs> yeah. by not going out into the brush being like what up with these lions yeah. um or at least not going in this dumb way like eliza currently is yes etc cetera, etc cetera. so eliza while running from this lion notices a very like thorny bush a la what simba falls into in the lion king which side note i think you already know this fact but simba means lion in swahili just a fun little fact i did not know that fact makes me dislike disney a little bit for the lack of creativity (laughs) there (laughs) most of the things named in lion king are just swahili words direct translations very direct like lion (laughs) scar place of slaughter oh god um so yes uh it's like this thorny bramble and she sees a tiny opening that she squeezes into um and the male lion immediately just like himself right into the bushes it is mm. too small for, or like the bramble. So it's too small for him to get into. And we straight up see him like get stabbed by a shitload of thorns. And they're all like yeah. sticking out of his face with like little blood drops everywhere. Oh, jeez. Blood. <laughs> yes. Blood right. is drawn episode one. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's go. Let's Five. do this. What this was 98, right? Yeah. Five-year-old Grace and Alexis. <laughs> we want more. <laughs> we got our first taste for blood. <laughs> give us more (laughs) i need five seasons of this shit (laughs) and a movie (laughs) so unluckily though as eliza kind of like crawls through makes her way through this brush probably getting cut up the whole way she Mm -hmm. does come out on the other side just to see two lionesses waiting for her on that side and for a second we think it's all going to be okay because the lionesses start laughing as Eliza comes out and like the male lion comes around because the two lionesses immediately just fucking roast the male lion by being like, if you went on a hunt every once in a while, maybe you wouldn't be so clumsy as he's like picking thorns from his face. Um, (laughs) So that's one good note of something. But Eliza in awe, also enjoying the roast, Decides to compliment them too, give her reverence, saying that female lions do all the work, which side note, as we saw with the lions of Savo, male lions also kill and have like male prides, including, and I should have written this down, that uh, there was once in, may have been also in Kenya, a really like a five lion pride of all male lions. It was like four brothers and like a half brother who just fucking for like a decade ran that shit they like murdered other lions like this was their territory so yes lionesses do do most of the hunting and stuff but male lions will sometimes too especially if they're young don't have a pride yet they Mm -hmm. still hunt Mm -hmm. anyways exactly Mm -hmm. but eliza does add that they are the best hunters in the world complimenting complimenting Mm -hmm. now these lions first of all laugh again and are like oh my god Thanks, girl. So true. And now you get to see it firsthand. And I was like, wait a second. This voice. Why do one of these lions sound dead on Yzma in Emperor's <gasps> New Groove? Oh, she. Oh, and no. one even. source, I should have gone back to double check it, but I didn't want it to be wrong. So I refused to. But it was listed, I guess, on like some like, you know, wiki pages that indeed Eartha fucking Kit. Amazing. Guest appearance in the first episode of this show. Amazing. Just like did Tim Curry text her and was like, hey, girl, girl. (laughs) can you come be this lioness for like six lines? And she was like, I no problem. That's a perfect role for her, though. I know. Straight up. I was like, like she can do the um, purr. You know exactly. She was Catwoman. Well. Exactly. She's yeah. yes. It was. I lost my shit when I was. Oh like, my god. Oh my god. Because like the second it started speaking, I was like, Isma. Why is someone doing the Isma voice? I like, recognize that. Oh, that's weird. Another yeah. Rip. Rest in peace. Uh. I know. <laughs> Truly. Uh, so yeah, we didn't you, know how it, good we had it back then. <laughs> I exactly. I was about to be like, if you want to trip down like all of the icons in one lane watch i guess all five seasons of the wild thorn because you go and get them they hooked them they're in there (laughs) um yes like i said the kit is like girl thanks now you get to see it and this little sweet dumb 12 year old is stoked and she's like yeah i was looking for lions because i want to see you hunt like it's iconic and eartha kit is like oh no, like you don't understand. You're not watching us work. You're 
running from us. <laughs> you're not hunting with us. You're being, being hunted. hunted. So. Oh, Eliza. <laughs> oh, Eliza. So naive. So, so dumb. So stupid. <laughs> so stupid. I think she, like us, browsed the encyclopedias about lions. Yeah, she like scanned. we browsed our yeah. Wikipedia page. Yeah. She's like, yeah, she... yeah, they're big, Africa, yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Let's go see some. Yeah. Hunt, 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 uh, stats on eating humans, and eh, next page. Yeah, so. don't care. Eh, that's a little too scary for me. What's <laughs> What else about that? My parents didn't let me read the scary pages. Yeah. I just kept going. <laughs> so meanwhile, back at camp, a wild boar strolls in, which is actually kind of scary. because That animals would be terrifying. Are, yes, are nuts. Yeah. Um, but its presence <laughs> does finally wake these parents who finally realize that their entire family is gone. <laughs> like Darwin and Donnie have also left at this point. Eliza and Debbie, nowhere to be seen. Like all of the blankets are off. As far as they know, all of their family just got eaten. Exactly. Off. Yeah. That would be like, your first thought because who would yes. be stupid enough to run out into the wilderness? Like these children, <laughs> they have more faith in their kids than they deserve to have. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and actually that could be true because instead of going to look up, look, look for them, uh, Nigel is just like, no, we got to finish this uh, caballito here. And so they just keep working. So I guess they're like, uh, they're already dead. Kids. <laughs> yeah. All of the kids. We'll All just make some more. Well, we might as well get ourselves a hut because yeah. I ain't going to get dragged away by a lion. <laughs> Do this. So... They just start doing that while their children are literally face to face with lions, which cut back to Eliza, who changes her tactic instead of complimenting them, which is not working. Um, instead, she goes into interview mode, starts showing that she can be a value add to this company. She's clever. She's smart. She's fearless. Like, she's got it going. So the lionesses say, okay, fine. If you can kill the prey for us tonight, you won't become the prey for us tonight. So, mm. hunter be hunted is what's yeah. going down now. Oh, God. So, Eliza, she's feeling a bit bamboozled by this. She thought they were just going to say, great, you're in, the, you're in the pride. You're part of the pack now. Instead of what turns into literally Eliza having to, like, walk through the brush with the two lionesses, like, steps behind her, like, teeth bared, breathing down her neck. Fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. So, they explain that, yes, if she had killed something for them, they won't eat her that night. Which, again, they're just saying that night. So, girl, you dead yeah. tomorrow, either way. Right, yeah. <laughs> but they decide to start her off easy when they find what they think will be a very easy prey because clearly this animal is very tired and will, quote, be easy to kill once you break the skin, unquote, which, like, terrifying because they, like, zoom in on the teeth when they say that. <laughs> Again, cut to you and me, five and six years old. <laughs> like drinking our Capri Sun. Exactly. <laughs> like a Lunchable. Mm. <laughs> first eating a fruit roll. is about to get an animal yes. killed. <laughs> Killer be killed, a lot for our first baby. episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, Eliza looks up to see like what they're kind of like indicating is the prey. And it's Debbie. Oh. 
<laughs> so plot twist. Alexis, Holy. what would you do if you were in this situation? If you were Eliza uh, right now? Austin you... and Aaron, I love you, but <laughs> yeah, what, what's she doing right now? You're Eliza in this moment. Uh, Two lionesses, Eartha Kit, right behind you. <laughs> Male lion, I don't know where he went. They told um, you, hunter be hunted. I feel like I incriminate myself either way, so I'm, I prefer not to answer. <laughs> All right, you can plead the fifth. We'll allow it. Because what Eliza does, she leaps out of the bushes, and I was very confused for like a second watching this. I was like, is she, what the fuck is happening? She just starts like waving her arms, like screaming and running dead on Debbie, like screaming at the top of her lungs and absolutely just fucking side checks her on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And they start wrestling and fighting, like full on Eliza's like, "Ah!" like attacking her sister, which does impress the lionesses because it looks like she's going for it. Mm-hmm. But in reality, Eliza, between her screams and like scratching Debbie's face, <laughs> is whispering to Debbie that when I say run, run. So very smart on Eliza's part for how dumb she's been is like, yeah. I'm going to act like I'm attacking her just to get my space between myself and the lions. Mm-hmm. Then we go. Maybe she is trying to weaken Debbie. So Debbie becomes the prey. Yeah, right. Unclear. Make sure she breaks her foot or something real quick. Debbie's <laughs> yeah, foot. Exactly. Like just in case if they chase after us, at least I'm going to be the one to get away. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And really Eliza whispers in the ear, Hunter be hunted. Yeah. <laughs> Debbie's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck? Why are you, why are we fighting? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Doesn't even see the lions. <laughs> yeah, probably not because they are very stealthy hunters. Mm-hmm. And Having heard Eliza's screams, though, Darwin and Donnie, who have been looking for Eliza, spill out of the bushes and the girls stop fighting for a moment to be like, oh, shit, you two are here, too. And in this single moment of pause, the lionesses realize this is a hoax. Oh, and we got four snacks on our hands mm-hmm. now, not our just one family is set. <laughs> yes, exactly. Darwin is like. I fucking told you. (laughs) I knew it. So the Thornberry youth start to run again, kind of like up a trail, but the trail is cut off by the male lion. So now they're stuck between two very bad hungry options at night. It's still raining, by the way, this whole time and very alone. But with no other options, the Thornberry kids literally just, there's like, they're like kind of on the little cliff side, just yeet themselves off of it, <laughs> off this little cliff's edge into, you guessed it, the riverbed that hasn't been flooded yet. Okay. But they jump down it, they start sprinting through the mud, but the lions easily jump down too it's like that's not even like eating themselves anywhere and like not even a chance of them getting hurt they just like right hop off because they're lions (laughs) and continue to chase it's not flooded so yeah exactly (laughs) they don't need to swim they're just right running down there running (laughs) (laughs) exactly like this keep running after them but it is still raining and they are in the riverbed in this huge storm and moments later the roaring river 
flooding mm. does rush towards them, but very violently for this kid's show, it wipes all of them. Eliza, Debbie, Darwin, Donnie, all three lions like up in its wake. Oh my God. And you just see them like struggling to like get their heads above like this like roaring river. And then the Thornberry youth are able to like help themselves to, like to like crawl up kind of like the muddy like side and get onto the riverbank. And then full fucking on a Lion King style, like two of the lionesses like try to get up but are washed away. And then the male lion, one paw gets up, the other paw gets up. And then fucking Donnie just like punches the male lion. Let's go, Donnie. Fucking flies back into the river and you just see them soar off down the river. Like all three lions gone. dead probably probably most at least is what i was thinking moments later nigel and marianne row up in the cabalito which isn't a hut made of reeds Um, but a boat that indigenous fishermen of southern peru make which is thus like the hatched almost roof-like structure that's how they build it and then you flip it over it's a fucking boat. Gotcha. So Nigel is making it to forge the river because he knew it would be faster. Side note, I love this is why I love this show. Like they this is a real thing. Like yeah. the Cabalito de I think it's Totora is what this like traditional boat is called. Yeah. Very fun. The writers did their research. Exactly. I'm sure that'll be something we talk about throughout all these episodes. Yes, but yeah, that, they, like, yeah. They had consultants. They did a good mm-hmm. job. If they can afford Tim Curry, Flea, Eartha Kit on Eartha occasion. Kid. They can get yeah. a biologist in here. Exactly. <laughs> so, and like historians and stuff from different exactly. regions of the world. Yeah. Yep. And so the family hops into the boat mm. to reunite. We do see that the lions way down the bank did manage to save themselves and get out of the okay. water. Whew, good. Yes. It was I like have. a minute or two later. That whole time I was like, what the fuck, Wild Thorn Warriors? Isn't this a conservation you just killed show? Three, yeah, <laughs> just murdered three lions by this child from the jump, episode one. Let's yeah. go. Blood, murder, murder. <laughs> Done. Again, why the show is fitting for this show? Yes. Um. So again, no one murdered them. Was murdered in episode one, which again, yes, would be a turn for this nature wildlife loving family. Mm-hmm. And then they continue to float down the river. They find the calm V had washed up on the shore, and the end. All right, all good. Wonderful, amazing. Yeah. On no one was great eating. job. Thank you. It's a long episode. Literally, they only survived from like sheer luck. Like. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. they just were super lucky that the river flooded over yes. at that exact moment and that well, they happened to jump into it at exactly. the moment, like right before. Yeah, because yes. yeah, like there, there were 50 no... times where each one of those members of the family, at least the kids and Darwin, should yes. have died. I would say like 98.6% of the time they should be dead. Yeah. Like it's the odds truly... were ever not in their favor. <laughs> <laughs> never in their favor never in their favor and like truly an act of nature yes. saves them but almost killed them which again the 98.6 percent of the time because they should have drowned also yeah more than once in this episode so yeah even the thing that did save them should have also <laughs> straight up them. gotten enough of here wow 
amazing episode I, one episode one of this show like i came like out 1998 for children yeah for i feel like nickelodeon children. was like all right we got some hits on our hand okay what always gets like what gets the people going yeah like mm-hmm. action okay like we've had some success with that oh okay wild animals oh okay okay they like mysteries that kind of stuff and then someone yeah. just literally like kicked down the door of nickelodeon <laughs> with like uh, like riding a fucking lion and they were like wild thornberry motherfuckers let's do this and then the show now, was created let's see three kids and a mo- and their pet monkey possibly be eaten by three lions every week i want to see it every week let's every go every week how do they almost die yeah. let's watch and find that's out. it's like the uh weekly writers room or just like daily writers room meeting they like all get there it's like 10 a.m they sit down all right folks how do the kids almost die today <laughs> 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 what animal is going to try to kill these kids today all how right. are miriam and nigel going to like almost die today like that's that's how they literally start writing every episode like there's like like, um like a banner in the writer's room of like how are we gonna kill these kids and then like on occasion there's like one writer who's a little too enthusiastic and they're like all right johnson we told you we're gonna have to fire you they have to almost die by animals or natural disasters not other humans yeah this is getting weird johnson calm down It's like, we can do that sometimes, but like you pitch that literally every day. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you have so many details about how the poachers almost murder the kids? Right. (laughs) Johnson, we're going to need your background check again. (laughs) Johnson, you're you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so yes, it's an amazing show. It really started off the bat. Like it didn't, this show never walks. It only ever fully Hussein lions. Bolt sprints. <laughs> like those lions chasing after the kids. <laughs> this show sprints. Uh, pulls exactly. no punches from the jump. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and another uh, shout out to the um, the podcast Tooth and Claw. It gives so many great like lion mm-hmm. facts during the Lions of Savo episode. Um, just about like how they hunt and like their biology. And again, just like that entire tale of like the man-eating lions of Savo is truly terrifying like this like colonel who was in charge like ev- almost like every night like he started just like losing sleep because he would like post up in a tree to like okay they attacked this camp last night i'll wait for them with my, my rifle in this tree and then like a mile away he would hear the screams of like the lions always knew where like he was and would go to a different camp mm-hmm. at one point they built like a little like cage to like trap the lion and like one of the lions got into the cage but the way to trap it was that it was like bars and then two other people trapped in that side just had to shoot the lion and the lion was like inches from them so of course they fucking froze because they were like shit what uh-huh. do this we do they've never seen anything like that yep. and they, like, and the, they and don't like, have lions in in great britain or in the united right, kingdom exactly and like yeah. these lions have killed all their co-workers and mm-hmm. so the lion busts <laughs> back out of the cage and gets out of there like it is so you you got y'all gotta go i am to that yeah episode. i gotta listen, <laughs> check it out so wild <laughs> and terrifying and just like one of those things where i was like you know, for all of the really horrible things happening in our world today, at least like, you know, people are sent, well, not everywhere, I guess, but like 
you know, you're usually at least going to have like walls around you instead of a canvas tent when you're sent to go work somewhere, maybe, hopefully, maybe. Um, possibly Maybe. Uh, in most at least in like 60 percent of the time because there's lions waiting to eat you just outside yeah. your tent and just drag you and like they were also like oh yeah what was our like way to not get eaten by like hope you weren't the one who gets picked is like they all just had to sleep with their heads towards the center of the tent so that if the lion came in it would just bite their foot not their head not like, their head that was it <laughs> Hope for the best. Like, I can survive without a foot, but this thing. <laughs> Cut to again, thornberries wrapping themselves up. Yeah. Under the right. diner sign. Heads exposed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only their heads out. Like the top of a burrito. So, anyways, yes, um, that's oh the, our first gosh. episode here of the Wild Thornberries. Wow. It's going to be a wild ride in <laughs> the best way possible. So, that's Can't what wait. we got. Yeah. Uh, and between now and next week when you have an episode, uh, who should our audience tell about this show? Um, I think you got to find a lion trainer and <laughs> or tamer. I don't know what they, I guess, trainer. I don't know if they can be tamed and uh, yeah. tell them like, hey, they just had an episode about lions and how dangerous they are. <laughs> you should go listen to this podcast. This arc was made for y'all. <laughs> True, true, true. Yes. Um, I think after that, you should uh, go find someone who, I guess we don't, I mean, you aren't really taking railroads anymore, more like mm. subways if you're going to take yeah. one. So find someone who Amtrak. works on, yeah, like some type of rail-esque thing and be like, hey, you should listen to this episode and feel a lot better about working, you know, the tea here in Boston because <laughs> you ain't got lions trying to eat you. Right. all the time you're welcome good thing this line is not going through a serengeti <laughs> <laughs> exactly keep this line like into that. dc and that's it yes no lions hopefully i don't know the dc Please. zoo i don't know where it's at they could be there at any point in time it's in between two metro stops well then <laughs> watch out if you're on the red line <laughs> watch out yeah. it's called the red line because of the bloodshed from the lions <laughs> 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 all of those workers are actually armed at all times just for like lion stun guns just at those two stops <laughs> always like you never know you never know why do you think you see them like sprinting and working out all the time they have to be faster than you and they know it <laughs> exactly that's how you actually survive is don't be the slowest um yeah. and great well that's it Ooh. for now we'll uh, <laughs> until next week this is kind of a long episode, so thanks for sticking with us. And yes, we'll and see y'all. Gotta get next it kicked week. off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds, and let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. 
thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries. 